Hello, and welcome to another episode of Heal Thyself. What a jam-packed show we have today from Knowledge Bomb to product review, and we have a special guest. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products. GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alitura Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has you are back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. In today's Knowledge Bomb, I'm going to talk about dairy industry, alternative milk industry, and going into that product review, we're going to go into oat milks. And if you remember back in around June or July 2019, I did an oat milk review and there was only a handful of oat milks out there. Now it almost tripled. And now we're going to find out which one of the best oat milks and what to look for yourself when shopping for oat milks. Guess what? We also have a special guest and we're going to talk about mold. Mold is 
one of the most important issues out there in human health. And I promise you it's gonna be the new kale or the new gut health. And uh, what we're learning is that even if you don't appear to have water damage anywhere, or know that you have water damage anywhere, your family could still be affected by mold. We're gonna learn about where to find mold, how to look for mold, and how it's affecting us from one of the foremost mold experts in the country. So without further ado, let's get to this show and go on to the Knowledge Bomb. All right, oat milk, I'm so excited to talk about oat milk because it is so hot. It is the alternative milk. It actually has bumped up to the number two most popular plant-based milk, knocking out soy and only right behind almond milk. And as I mentioned, I did a review back in summer 2019. And look, I apologize that I didn't, didn't do it last year, but now the oat milk industry has exploded. Last year or two years ago, we did five to six brands. Now we're gonna go over 15 today. But let's get a quick background on oat milk so we know what we're working with. Spins, reported by Food Navigator, reports that oat milk sales represent a total of 213 million in the 52 weeks before September 6. That's an increase of 350.8% from a year ago for refrigerated varieties and 106% over a year ago for shelf-stable products. So oat milk exploded last year, particularly in the latter half. Plant-based milks have been steadily growing and they represent actually 14% of the milk category in the last year. And this is according to the Plant-Based Food Association. Dairy sales pretty much have plateaued though. And you see all these desperate attempts by the dairy industry from commercials to billboards to attempting to even sue plant-based companies for using the word milk. But the health consciousness of this generation is vastly more educated than that of our parents when it comes to health, food, and lifestyle, right? So we have the blessing of something like social media to teach us where we can learn a lot and we can learn it fast. So when it comes to this fluid, right, from a pregnant cow, the myth is that milk is needed for strong bones. That goes out the window. The myth is that kids need milk to grow and thrive. That goes out the window. And yes, it has good fats, fat soluble vitamins, protein, but it also has antibiotics, especially in the conventional brands. And as if we're not overprescribed these as it is, and it's wreaking havoc on our gut bacteria, you check and see your child's digestive complaints or skin conditions if they're improving once you remove them off of dairy. And if you're an adult suffering with acne or your dermatologist has not mentioned diet or dairy, then it's time to move on from that dermatologist. One of the main exogenous sources of estrogen for humans right, as if we're not inundated with plastic, is from dairy. So now we're understanding that milk, the conventional one in particular, has an inflammatory profile, especially it's coming from grain-fed cows, but it also has inflammatory proteins overall. It's high in saturated fat, and yes, that can be a problem for many. Saturated fat is not okay for everyone. And if that wasn't enough, environmental toxins. Whatever the cows are exposed to, which is independent of USDA organic or grass-fed or whatever, is going into the milk and we're exposed to it. We're blessed to have access to so much better quality of fats or proteins or vitamins that the only place milk should be is in a pregnant cow's udder. So let's move on to a healthier life. It's not the 1900s and it's certainly not the 90s got milk campaign. The milk industry is dying as we are getting more educated. And to end this knowledge segment, I'll say this. One of my favorite quotes ever. You're not lactose intolerant, you're just not a baby cow. One amazing quote. All right, let's move on to this product review so we can find out what are the best alternative milks out there when it comes to oat milk. All right, now you know how I feel about 
dairy and cow's milk, let's talk about oat milk. And you know how I am about quality. And when a market is growing like an oat milk, so too is opportunity. And when opportunity arises, businesses are looking for high net profits, right? This is business 101. But also what we're seeing is a lot of reduction in quality and the ingredients that are used to cut cost. So let me say this, not all oat milks are created equal. As always, we'll give companies ample time to respond and we'll have multiple points of contact with multiple attempts and everything's on record. And shout out to my awesome assistant, Melissa, for doing that. And summer 2021, that's how we're coming. All business, everything's on record. And we're making sure that we are standing by everyone so we know what the best is out there. So here are some of the most important questions to be asked. And what we asked the oat milk companies, is the product USDA organic? This is so, 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 I can't be understated, so important. The oats can be one of the most overconsumed toxic foods. Glyphosate is used regularly as a drying agent or a desiccant. You already know about glyphosate. We talked about it. We talked about Monsanto hiding, how it destroys our healthy cells, how it destroys our gut bacteria, and it has a known mechanism to cause cancer. We know it's already a foregone conclusion. We know how glyphosate works in the body and what it's doing. That's not the only pesticide. Oats have also other harmful pesticides, Paraquat being one of them. It's a chemical toxic to the nervous system and connected to Parkinson's. Oat meal and oat milk tend to be consumed every day as everyday foods, right? So what we want to do is make sure we're choosing the best, especially if we're consuming it and being exposed to it all the time. So we asked them if they have the USDA organic label. And if they don't, are they looking to have one in the future or are their products organically sourced? It's important because not all brands can really afford USDA organic labels, especially the early startups. But we want to find out how are they sourcing and if they have plans in the future. Also, what a lot of people are not talking about in oat milks is phosphates, and that's utilized as a foaming agent, especially as a barista brand in the barista line. A lot of these coffees that we're getting or lattes are really foamy, and then you go, why can't I make that at home? Well, you can, you know, you can use a, uh, a foamer, an at-home foamer, but when you get out at the cafe, they usually have phosphates in the oat milk, and it's very important because phosphates are not safe for everyone, particularly if you have kidney disease, a family history of kidney disease, or any kidney issues. And lastly, the question was, do you use any inflammatory oils like canola, safflower, or sunflower oil? And we just want to keep in, in, in mind as we go through these, you're going to see that a lot of these companies use either canola oil or sunflower oil. Not a lot of them use safflower oil. When it comes to sunflower oil, there's actually four different kinds of sunflower oil, and they're not all created equal. There's the typical high linolenic Sunflower oils are high oleic oils. They can be used, ones that are high in monosaturated fats rather than polysaturated fats. Some of that are high in inflammatory omega-6, some that are lower. So it's important to know that if some of the companies that use sunflower oil, we wanna ask the type of oil that they're using and how much of it, okay? So, uh, and lastly, if they use that oil, they're planning to use a substitute in the future. So those are the questions we asked. Let's go over the results. Two companies never responded at all, Happy Planet and Pacific Foods. They had over five inqu inquiries. We couldn't get in touch with them. All right, let's get into one of my favorite ones right from the get-go. And when I say my favorite ones, not my favorite to buy, but my favorite to talk about because they need to be doing better. Oatly is in the same boat as 2019. Their tagline is, it's like milk, but made for humans. What I say, it's more like oat milk and borderline crap for humans. It has misleading nutrition facts. Uh, more sugar than it's leading on, right? It has a no added sugar, but it utilizes an enzymatic process to create milk from oats. 
and water breaks down the oat and starch and creates simple sugars, primarily glucose and maltose. But you're going to see seven grams of sugar per cup, but taste it. And tell me if that tastes like seven grams of sugar per cup. Um, I do believe there's hidden sugars in there. It removes fiber. It has lower protein than soy milk, okay? Now they say they use a small amount of rapeseed oil. And pay attention, that's canola oil. But they say it's non-GMO, great. They say it's expeller pressed canola rapeseed oil in the milk, and it achieves a desired nutritional fat content and texture for the product. And they add a minimally processed blend of coconut and non-GMO canola and rapeseed oil to the frozen product for the same reason. Traditionally, canola oil is super processed and utilizes a chemical called hexane to create it. Now, the nice thing about Oatly is they don't use it. The downside is, is that it non-GMO product tells me nothing about the quality, right? And this was the pro, this is what I had, the issue that I had with Oatly from the get-go is what does that mean to me though? Because it means that there's no pesticides, herbicides, chemicals, fertilizers, right? And there's no guarantee that there's no spraying of the oats that are used in Oatly. And I had this phone conversation with the higher ups two years ago. And they told me, all right, no worries, Dr. G, because we're detox project certified. That means we don't use glyphosate at all. And I go, okay, well, how are you gonna tell us in the public that you don't? Well, we're gonna put it on the bottle. Two years later, I have yet to see a detox project certified label on the bottle. It's not USDA organic. So there's not much security that I see in what Oatly oat milk is. Some of the positives, it has vitamin D, B12, B2, vitamin A. But again, nothing about where these vitamins are sourced from other than they're just vegan. So Oatly is one of the first, but certainly far from the best. Other ones to avoid, Simple Truth by Kroger, does not use an organic label, has a little non-GMO label, but I've never seen that. The agent on the phone said that they use a USDA organic label. I didn't see that. It has sunflower oil and gums. So if you're using it, make sure to pay attention if you have any digestive distress or skin changes or anything like that. Probably the worst of all would be silk. It's not organic, not organically sourced, not planning on going organic, utilizes phosphates, uses sunflower oil, and not planning on removing it. Just move on from silk if you're using it to the better quality ones that I'm gonna talk about. Leafa Farms, not organic, no plans to convert it, does not use phosphate, uses sunflower oil. Better than silk, because the sunflower oil it uses is a much better quality one, but still there's better ones out there that I'm gonna talk about. Here are the better tier milks than the ones I just mentioned. It's a step up from the aforementioned. Malibu milk can do a little bit better, but it's pretty good. It has a USDA organic label. It's an oat and flax mix, actually. It uses organic sunflower oil and organic gums. So if you're really into utilizing an oat and flax mix, then this is the one for you. Just make sure you pay attention how your body reacts to the gums and the sunflower oil. Next one, second tier one, Forager. This is USDA organic, does not use phosphates. Um, the oat milk has some canola oil, which I'm not a fan of, just like the Oatly one. Um, the reason why this one's better than Oatly is because it has a USDA organic label. And I think they can improve the formula, but like Malibu milk, they're on this second tier. The last one of this second tier is Rise. Their products are USDA organic. They do not use any phosphates. They use some organic sunflower oil in their oat milks. They utilize it because it's for taste and texture. It's unrefined and cold pressed. So the second tier were Rise, Forager, and Malibu milk. And here are the top tier oat milks. If you are a fan of oat milk, I would highly suggest and urge you to move on to a better quality one. And here are the best. 
Same as a few years ago, I spoke about Malk and it stays at the top or one of the top. It's USDA organic, all of the raw materials are organically sourced and the finished goods are certified organic. That's how you gotta do it. No phosphates, no foaming agents utilized in this formulation, does not use canola, safflower or sunflower oil, nothing to stabilize. It is a very, very clean oat milk and you know this because when you open it, you better be drinking it quick because it's gonna go bad. That's how good quality it is, right? Nothing should be on your in your refrigerator or on your shelf for that long. What's another top oat milk? I really like the Three Trees one. It's uh, an oat, USDA organic oat milk. Does not use phosphates, no canola, safflower, sunflower oil. They have filtered water. The gluten, they have gluten-free oats for all of the folks who are really sensitive to gluten. Oats can be a major source or a hidden source. Um, it uses some sunflower seeds, organic. Another one of my favorite ones, one of the top is the Willa's Oat Milk. It's a new one and it's USDA organic. It's uh, organically sourced and they'll provide proof for it. They do not use any phosphates, no canola, safflower. They use any phosphates or foaming agents. No, they do not. In the unsweetened original, there's zero oils. In the Willa's Creamy, they have a touch of organic, non-GMO, high oleic sunflower oil. Remember I talked about the four different types of oil. This was a better quality one with a better uh, monosaturated profile. And the last of the best is Good Milk. It's not currently USDA organic, but they are working on getting it by next year, but they're happy to send any organic certifications on all the ingredients. So basically it's an organic product, but they just have yet to have the label. They do not use any phosphates in their product for sure. And they do not use any canola, sunflower, or safflower oil. Uh, the difference about good milk, it's frozen. So you would have to thaw it and they give you a nice little glass and you can leave it in your refrigerator. And just like all of these high quality milks that were on the best of the best list that I just read to you, these don't last too long. If you're opening it, make sure you're using it pretty fast if for you and your family. Um, and that's how it should be. Any of these really high quality milks do not have a long shelf life. Let's get to our special guest. I can't wait to talk about mold. You know, I had a personal experience with mold. I got sick with mold when I first started this show. And now we have an expert, one of the best experts on mold in the country, who's going to teach us what to look for, how we feel around mold, and what are some options if we do find mold in our home. All right, everyone. Today's special guest, Brian Carr. He is the co-founder of We Inspect and the host of Mold Finders Radio. He is so passionate about mold and something that I brought up in one of my first shows and something I've suffered with personally. Now we get to talk to the expert about mold in the home. Welcome to the show, brother. Awesome. Thank you, man. I'm super pumped to be here. I've, I've been posting stories today yeah. and it's been like a lead up of where am I? Like I'm going to do this thing and I didn't say where I was going, but I was like saying, it's like, this is one of like, when I first started my podcast, which was about a year ago or so, it's like, I want to get on Dr. G's podcast. Like it was a goal for me to like be visible enough and make a big enough impact, hopefully to be able to be on a platform like this. So I'm just super pumped that you're awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad to have you here because the work you're doing is so, so, so important. Um, I talked to you a little bit about how, how I suffered from mold uh, about three years ago, moving into a place which seemingly on the surface looked great. Why? Because it had new kitchen counter, new, uh, completely new renovated living room. The floors were brand new. I was like, whoa, this place is, can't be moldy, right? Right. <laughs> and then lo and behold, um, I'm there for two weeks, three weeks, and I'm getting more and more sick, like 
cognitively. Mm-hmm. I, my memory's poor. Um, I'm getting headaches. My, I'm getting this dissociative feeling like a, nothing's real, like it's a dream. Mm-hmm. All these symptoms, urination at night, nonstop. And then we, we have actually someone close to you came and then checked and then they found black mold yeah. all over the place. How common is that? A place that we think is brand new, there's mold in the uh, leaking in the back or somewhere. It's super common. It's yeah, I think like most mold is hidden, right? So like, was your place, was it a brand new build or it was just a new place that you went into that was renovated? It was just a new place renovated. Right. And so that's the thing. So like a, a building, a home, it has a history of however long it's been built. Right. And so if there was previous leaks behind kitchen sinks and bathrooms or whatever, when they're renovating a house, why I always say like renovated houses are so, they're so dangerous if you don't really understand like how to go in there and screen it properly, know what you're looking for. Because if you just look on the surface, everything looks fine yeah. and you think everything's great. And your story is like, I have so many people with similar stories where it's like, I moved into my place a month ago, three months ago, a few weeks, all of a sudden we're starting this cascade of symptoms that are going on. It's super common. And in renovations, the challenge with renovations is that if you remove the walls, if you remove the cabinets and you put all the new stuff in and paint it and everything looks great, then all of the like visual cues that we use to try to go through and figure out if there's historical damage that could be persistent there, it's all gone. It's mm. like it's like water on the beach washing away footprints, you know, mm. like that's what happens. It makes it so difficult in situations yeah. like that. I can, I can imagine because then you're trying to do your job and go, is there a mold here? Where was it? Where's like the issue? Mm-hmm. And brand new renovations are going to cover everything up just like it did with my place. Yeah. But, and it's not even that there's water damage right now. It's not even that there's moisture right now. So you can't, like a lot of people think, I'll just use an infrared camera or I'll use a moisture reader. Like that stuff is most likely going to show nothing in a situation like that because- mm-hmm. It was an old problem. Leaks probably been fixed. You took out anything that might have been wet at the time, replaced it. So like all that stuff is gone. Mm -hmm. So it's not often you meet people who are just passionate about mold, okay? (laughs) But you have like quite the story. So how did you find yourself working in mold day to day? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I didn't like wake up when I was like 13 and like, I want to be a mold guy when I grow up. Like nobody does that. (laughs) But like, I had a really similar experience, not exactly like yours, but there was an event that triggered something in my apartment that I lived in. And within a couple of weeks, I started seeing symptoms, right? So it's funny because like people can be symptomatic relatively quickly after a new exposure, or sometimes it takes people longer for whatever reason, depending on how their immune system is working and whatever's going on. But um, I was living in an apartment, West Hollywood, super overpriced, super old and probably not in great shape, which I found out later. But anyways, I was on my bed and I worked at an ad agency at the time and and I was, um, I wasn't like super thrilled with it there. Like I'd, I'd actually been offered a promotion to be the youngest VP in company's history. Mm. And I just wasn't very fulfilled doing it. I was like, man, if I take this, then like, this is my life now. Like, I, like this is kind of the, the fork in the road moment for me. And so I turned it down and then I got laid off a week later, conveniently. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here with like no job and I start like searching on the computer, like jobs that'll make me feel fulfilled. I'm trying to figure out like what I'm going to do. <laughs> Guys, if you go to like Monster and do that, nothing comes up. Yeah, there's, like, yeah. there's like nothing that's there. But anyway, so I'm sitting in my bed, I'm doing that. And all of a sudden, like this drip starts dripping out of the ceiling um, in my room and it escalates pretty quickly. The stain, so I look up, the stain starts spreading all of a sudden, like my ceiling kind of collapses in and there's a water issue. There's a pipe up above me that broke from the bathroom above caused a big thing. I call the landlord like, Oh my God, water, damn, somebody come fix this. Right. Cause that's what most of us would do. Mm-hmm. And, and you do, you need to stop the moisture. But the problem is we think that once they came in, fixed the pipe, 
and like patched up the ceiling that everything is fine. And then they're like, yeah, everything's cool. There's no problems, you know? And a couple of weeks after that, I start noticing cognitive type of symptoms. A few weeks after that, I start noticing like skin sort of like eczema style types of things going on on my skin. I just like got really freaked out. And um, my wife now, who I was dating at the time, her dad is who you just referred to earlier. Her dad is Mark Levy, who's my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, uh, you know, he came out and he, he looks around. He's like, he's like, there's a lot of problems here, right? And this was after the landlord brought their own guy out who did like an air sample in the middle of a room and said everything was fine. That guy's there for 20 minutes. Mark's at my 800-square-foot apartment for like three hours mm-hmm. going through the whole house, finds like eight things, all these problems. So I, I kind of see, I saw both sides of it. I see, okay, this is what most people do. They just call someone in. They kind of want to cover it up, take a quick sample that really is not the appropriate way to use that type of test in the first place, which I learned later, but I wouldn't have known that at the time, right? And then you have somebody like Mark comes in who ends up training me and realized this is actually how you figure out what's going on in houses. And I saw such a big difference. And I think back, I'm like, oh man, like like this is something that I feel like is actually helping people. I, you know, mm-hmm. this job didn't come up on Monster when I was searching it, but then I ask him, I'm like, hey, can I work? I, I want to work with you, like right on the spot. I ask him and he's like, um, I'd only been dating his daughter for not that long at the time. <laughs> I was basically putting all my chips in that I thought that I was going to marry my wife, which I kind of felt like was going to happen. I'm going to work with her dad like that early. It was crazy, but I, it was just such an interesting opportunity for me. I couldn't pass it up. Wow. And when you were, when you saw that drip coming down and then weeks later, what were some of the symptoms? You had the eczema, but was it on your face? Was it throughout your body? Just so people listening, they go, they can go, wait a minute. Like I've been suffering some of these same symptoms. It was on my face and I still get flare ups now to this day because now fast forward eight or nine years, however long it's been, I've been in so many like bad moldy houses that I think my body actually thought that I lived in a bad moldy house just Mm because I've been in so many of them. So um, for me, it kind of flares up like around my nose, kind of around my mouth Mm -hmm. area. Um, But I was washing my face one morning and I saw it. I was like, what is this flaky like red stuff all over my face? And prior to that, I was having just some kind of cognitive stuff. Like I'm usually really sharp and kind of on top of it. And I it's like taking me longer to think of stuff mm-hmm. and like different things like that. I'm like, you know, stuff like that's kind of scary. Like you don't see that. And so it makes it hard for other people to understand kind of what you're going through. But like, you know, your body and you're like, man, I can't think of something like, like a word escapes you. That's honestly like those sort of cognitive things are like one of my biggest like fears in life down the road. Like I don't want that to happen, which is why I do so much preventative stuff now to help prevent that. Cause it's like one thing I don't want to happen. Yeah. And you're in there and, and I know exactly that to find to look for words that you know, you know, but they're just not there. Yeah. It's kind of scary. It is scary. And, and, and I, and uh, my first few podcasts, I was still moldy brained and I was like, <laughs> you can hear me kind of stutter sometimes because I couldn't find words. Um, but, but how long did it take for you to start feeling better? It was really quick for me. Once I got out, I was, I was in pretty good shape. Yeah. I, um, I talked to Dr. Jill Krista a good amount. We're friends. Um, but she's, she wrote the book, Break the Mold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was talking to her, I think maybe on my podcast one day or another conversation. And she had referenced a study, and I don't, I don't know exactly. I don't want to like misquote it. But basically she was saying there was like a population of people that were showing mold symptoms in an office building. There was some problem in the office building. They just moved them to a different space, and half of them just got better. Mm. So there's, there's a chunk of people where if you just get out of it, 
you'll bounce back pretty quickly. Yeah. And then there's a chunk of people who have other things that are underlying that going on that makes it more difficult. Yeah. It took me quite a while. It took me like three to six months to finally, I had to be out of it, out of it, like Mm -hmm. completely. And unfortunately, especially here in LA, the closer you get to the beach, you know, there's more issues with these houses. So I had to find a place that like breathing it in and seeing how I felt and and it actually worked out. Um, So you say you've seen so many homes with so many different types of mold, the presentations of mold for the viewers and listeners, right? What are some of the things we can do right now? Like even listening on the show, where can we check in our home where mold really is commonly living? Yeah, I mean, you think mold needs three things to to grow. It needs a food source. Our whole house is basically a food source, so we can't do anything about that. It needs the right temperature, which is what we live at. There's not much we could do there. So the third thing that it needs is water. And so you got to think of it, just think of mold like a seed that's getting watered and it's growing. Like, just think of it that way. And you say, okay, if I'm if I understand that water is is the enemy, basically, where is the water in the house? Like, the first thing you do is think of where there's more water flowing and moving, right? You'd, sinks, toilets, showers, bathrooms, like those types of areas, you're going to more likely find things in those areas. I say the easiest, most common thing, every single house I go into, almost every single one, there is at least one sink cabinet somewhere that has a mold problem in it. Every one. Um, and it's like something super easy you can look at. But here's the thing is that like people think that you're looking for mold right? And you're not. Like the secret to this is that you're not actually looking for mold. You're looking for water damage because you can't see mold. And by the time you're seeing it, it's already bad. Mm. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience a brew that's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well being. I'm going to tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health focused principles backed by solid, scientific, research based, rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. 
But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been opened and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights and these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. But you can see water damage and water damage doesn't have to be big, massive stains and things like that. It's actually understanding what those signs of water damage are. So you can look at those. And it's almost like once you understand what they look like, it's almost like you look at a wall and you see like a little bubbling in the paint. And it's like this big red flag that like, that's like, hey, there's a pretty good chance there's mold back here, behind here. We need to know if that's happening. And that's kind of how we go through a house. Um, but if you're right now, if you're listening, Pull everything out of every sink cabinet. Pull all your stuff out. We get, we always shove so many things under our sink cabinets because it's like, ah, it's an easy place to put it. We'll yeah. put it here. What it does, it does a couple things. It doesn't let you see under there anymore. So if you ever do open it up, your sight line is so blocked that you wouldn't even see if there was water stains or damage or anything like that. And then the second thing that it does is that it creates like a, it, the, the more stuff you have in there, the less airflow moves through there. It like traps air more easily. And so if there is a moisture problem in there, there's more places for it to get kind of caught up and trapped. And that's where you get mold problems. So if nothing else, you go through your whole house literally right now while you're listening, pick up your phone, stick your headphones in and mm -hmm. start walking around and pull everything out of your sinks. And if you see anything that's like warping wood, staining, discoloration, bubbling, chipping, anything like that, even if it's product stains, those are red flags. Mm. And the product stain thing is funny because people are like, it's just products. Like, mm -hmm. so I like the perfect thing happened to me, which just like totally debunks this. But like my wife one day bought a, um, like a spray mold tile cleaner thing for bathrooms. Right. And mm -hmm. I didn't even know she bought it. It was in the back of our kitchen cabinet for who knows how long under the sink. One day I needed something in the back. I pull it out. That bottle had exploded or overflowed or something. And I was like, oh, geez, there was mold growing all around it. It was literally a mold cleaning product. Wow. And there was mold growing all over the cabinet right, and right, the wall right, and everything. Right, right. Like this just shows us like, like products, their base is water. Mm -hmm. Like that's the base of everything. And yeah. so it could cause problems. Whoa. It, to think about that, right? And yeah. we buy that for that specifically. And it's, it's just <laughs> wild that you find that. And so, so then you mentioned bathrooms, man, but like we there's been toilets that overflood, mm -hmm. right? Uh, let's say people are in the bath that overfloods or showers, they, they, you know, like there's some seeping out and it goes into the floor. For people who are listening now, 
does that mean every single time we go to the bathroom and there's some, you know, or let's say condensation even when we're taking a hot steamy shower. Yeah. Are these all big problems now? I mean, they can be. You know, big is relative, I guess. They all can be problems. It depends. Like think of your car, right? If you're driving your car and your check engine light comes on, go, man, I should go check this thing out. Like there's something that told me that there could be something wrong here. I need to go check it out. Our house doesn't come with check engine lights. It makes it like a little more difficult. Right. But if you think of my tub overflowed, my toilet overflowed, those are check engine lights for the house. Mm. And so you don't just think, oh, I'm just going to like clean this up. Like if that happened in your car, you wouldn't just, you know, you, I guess you like push your gas pedal a certain number of times and do something fancy and the light turns off, right? right? You don't just do that. You take it in, you get it looked at to make sure there's nothing going on. We need to adopt that same type of how we take care of our car versus how we take care of our house mentality. Mm -hmm. Like that has to happen because... Mm -hmm. When you get your car, is it like when I got my car as a kid, my dad's like, listen, if you don't fill up this oil every 3,000 miles, your car is going to literally explode. <laughs> so you know what I did? I, I definitely made sure that I was taking my car in and getting it checked out. No one tells their kids or whatever when they buy a house, like, listen, so when you buy your house, you need to make sure you're doing X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, it's going to turn into this toxic death trap. Like right. nobody tells you that. Right. And so these things, if, it, if a tub overflows, you know, if you're catching it super quick, it's one thing, right? It overflowed. My my daughter's bat, you know, in the tub and she splashes water everywhere. Right, 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 right. If I wipe it all up like within a minute or you know, a couple minutes, it's not a big deal. If your tub overflows a significant amount of water, it takes you some time, you know, we're not talking like days, like maybe it takes you a half hour or an hour or something to get that out. That could seep under the floor, it could seep into the walls at that point. Mm -hmm. Acting quick is really important. If you don't, then you you need to think of those as like, okay, something happened. I need to at least check and make sure that it didn't cause a bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. which makes sense. So we can tend to it as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the way that conventionally, like landlords have someone like repair water damage. Are you saying that it's falling short of what should be happening? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. You think of the mindset, like if you're renting, you think of the mindset of your landlord, right? Think of what they're doing. They probably own multiple buildings. They own the buildings for the purpose of making money. They're not, they're, they're, nobody's buying buildings for the purpose of creating healthy housing for people. Like yeah. no one's doing that, right? So they buy this building. Their purpose is on building out a portfolio, on getting monthly income mm -hmm. coming in. The way that they typically look at it is they look at their, at their revenue per door or their profit per door that they have. So they have an apartment building with 10 units. They evaluate the building. The only reason I know this is because I like went through like training to like start doing this. But you evaluate the building, whether it's even a good thing to purchase and then how it's functioning off of how much profit what you're making per door okay mm -hmm. so like if you're making two hundred dollars per door so that's apartment unit right so 10 units you're making two hundred dollars per unit mm -hmm. you know and there's 10 so you're making two thousand a month that's your cash flow on that building so now think about it remediation it's not cheap right you come in and let's say so the thing that happened in my in my place water through the ceiling we found out later after Mark came in that it actually had gone spread horizontally across the ceiling because that's what water does when it hits a horizontal surface. It goes sideways. Mm -hmm. And then it got to the walls and it actually went down the wow. walls of the room. So yeah. all of the walls were all wet at the time that he came in. So they had already come in, fixed the ceiling, done all this. You can't see the wet, right? So he used moisture meters and things to kind of you know tell us what was going on in there. But it's... What they really needed to do is they needed to come in and gut my entire room. That's what they wow. needed to do because the water had penetrated all these places. They had to remove all the walls, all the ceiling and do it. It was a single room. It's not like it was a whole house thing that that impacted. It was a single room. But to do that, even with like a franchise style remediation company, that's not the best at what they do. But even someone like that, that's probably going to cost three, four, 
$5,000 or something to do that. Their entire profit on the building, all 10 units for the year is two grand in that scenario. Wow. That means they've lost two and a half years of profit on that building. Do you think they're going to want to do that stuff? Yeah. Like, no. And, yeah. and so you just have to like understand where their head's at and like, this is why they're not doing it. They yeah. Cost money. Yeah. It makes sense because when I was at my place, it's funny because Mark's whole report was very thorough Mm -hmm. that showed that I had not only black mold, but multiple species of mold in high levels. Mm -hmm. But then they bring in a quote unquote mold guy and they're like, no, it's good that you it's not really a little bit, but it's probably from outside. I was like, how is this so different? These two reports. Um, and, and can you maybe speak to if they, if they do, if you, if the landlord does end up bringing a quote unquote mold guy, how their testing is different because I've had a lot of people on Instagram go, Hey doc, like my landlord brought a a mole guy. He said, everything's clear, but I still have symptoms. Yeah. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to come in. They're going to take an air sample in the middle of a room. It's going to run for about five minutes. They might do that in two or three other rooms and they're going to leave and they're going to be at your house for maybe a half hour. This is what they do. The problem with taking an air sample in the middle of a room like that is that is literally like the worst way to use that test. It's the least effective way to use that type of test. But in our minds, we rationalize it and we say, oh, it's the air you're breathing. It's an air quality test. Like mm-hmm. this is the type of test that you use. I'm sure obviously in you know, what you do, like there are tests that you use for certain things and they have strengths and they have weaknesses mm-hmm. and you wouldn't use a test that isn't meant for one thing mm-hmm. and then say, okay, well that test that wasn't even meant for this says that everything is fine and so we're gonna run off of that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the thing. The problem is our whole industry thinks that you should use the test that way. So it's just this massive industry problem. But so when it comes to air samples, here's the difference. And I did this for, so, so I've known this. I know when you take air samples in the room, in the middle of the room, they miss things. So for a year on, on every inspection that I went on, I picked one spot in the house where I was pretty confident that there was going to be a source problem. So when I say source, I mean like behind a wall, in a cabinet, in a ceiling, something like that. And then I would test that area using an air test because that's really where they're great. They're great at getting behind a wall and showing you something you can't see. Like the closer you are to the source, the better an air test is. The further away from the source you get, it gets exponentially less effective. And so what I did is for this year, I did this. I like to say there was a wall. So I put it, I do an air test behind a wall using an air pump. And then like literally three, four feet away, I set up an air sample pump the way that a normal person would do it. Mm -hmm. And 80%... 80 percent of the time it was a false negative Mm -hmm. meaning that if you just looked if you just took the air sample in the middle of the room eight out of ten times it would give you a false read that everything was okay damn and you go three feet over to the left and actually do the test in the wall where the problem is located and there's a problem there Mm -hmm. you know and then the next question comes up well like brian i mean if the air test isn't picking it up then is it really a problem yeah right is it trapped behind the wall maybe it's in the wall is it trapped behind the wall it's it's not. And, and there's, there, if you've ever opened a door somewhere and like a door somewhere else shuts by itself, like you've ever done that? Yeah, 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 for sure. So it's air pressure. That's uh-huh. literally like, like invisible air currents that are moving so strongly through your house that they're slamming a door shut on the other side of the house. Yeah. That happens in your house all the time. It pulls stuff out from the walls. The challenge is that those air samples in that way, when you do them in the middle of a space like that, they're a snapshot in time. So you could take that air sample five times and get five different results, depending Mm -hmm. on what happens to be floating around during that time. And they're not really looking for the right thing. They're Mm -hmm. looking for spores when the truth is the fragments that break off of the colonies and maybe the toxins that they create can be way more problematic than the spores. And they could be in such a higher magnitude than the spores too. The best way to really understand what's moving through your house is to do dust testing, like the ERMI test, which... 
a lot of people who are in the mold world had heard, have heard of, but it's a dust collection that you send out and they analyze it and, and it actually looks for all the components of a mold colony, not just the spores. Those other components are the ones that actually get way smaller and they could get through our nose and our right. throat into our lungs. They're generally more problematic in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's just a bet. That's the test to use to see what you're exposed to. Whereas like the air sample test is a better use, uh, use if you're trying to find like a hidden mold issue directly at a source. Do you think that there's people who can uh, get the ERMI test because uh, I believe you could just buy that as any consumer, right? Yeah. yeah. Do, okay, let's say someone's listening, they suspect mold. Can they get the ERMI test, test some dust, and then it comes back as, okay, yeah, you might have some species of mold go uh, in your home and then call oh, like a like a mold guy like you? Yeah, 100%. It's, you could definitely use it as a screening test. Okay. It doesn't, I think a lot of people try to use it differently because... Fermi gets a lot of praise, which it should. The technology that's behind it is really the gold standard of how you are able to analyze mold because it gets to the DNA level. You're understanding the fragment load. You're, so, so more of the colony is getting accounted for. But again, it has its weaknesses, mm -hmm. right? So, so the big thing out of this conversation is just for us to realize that there isn't, there isn't one sample that is the sample that you do that tells you everything. Um, it is great as a screening test if you think about it. If you have multiple sources in the house and everything's kind of moving into the living space and it settles down on surfaces, then an ERMI sort of dust collection is going to show you the compilation of all the different things that have impacted that space. Yeah. It does not tell you where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. So what, what you said was like, can you use this as like a start to see, is there something happening here? And then go on from that. Totally. And I know a lot of, a lot of people come to us because they've gone down that road. Yeah. It, it's great because they're not super, super expensive for just as a screening test. So yeah. a lot of people can be encouraged to go, all right, like maybe I can start and look for mold in my place. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, wow, like it's here. Yeah. It's in high levels. I need someone to come in and find the source. And then the source needs to be remediated. Yeah. And so the thing that I don't want people to get hung up on is so sometimes people will do the ERMI, then they'll call a remediation company. They'll, they'll skip the step of where is it coming from mm -hmm. and they'll just go straight to the fact of there's mold floating around, I need to get it fixed. And a lot of remediation companies just think about what their business is. I always tell people, like, think about what the underlying motivation is behind anyone that you're talking to mm -hmm. when you're evaluating what they're telling you, right? The remediation company, their job is to come in and do cleaning. That's their job. If you call them and you're like, hey, I've already tested, there's mold in my house, I need you to come clean it. Cool, we got this fog, it's this magic thing, it fixes everything, costs 10 grand, everything's gone. Like, don't do that. Because right. if you do that, you you might feel better for a couple of weeks, but then all the sources that are still in the house are gonna start penetrating back in. Mm -hmm. And the cleaning that had happened is obviously not gonna be as clean anymore. And over time, the buildup's gonna start, you'll be exposed again, you'll start all over again, but you'll be out like maybe 10 grand. Wow. And that's a lot how these a lot of these mold companies are working, right? Yeah, a lot of the remediation companies, they they all tout this, they have their own version of some magic enzyme that eats and kills everything or this product that just destroys it all and there's never a problem. They tell you, oh, it gets behind the walls and it does all this stuff. Mm. One, it doesn't. I just know that it doesn't because I've seen it over and over again. But then you just take a step back, like, like let's say it did. Let's say it got behind all the walls and it went through the whole house and it killed everything. Let's just say it killed everything. You know what it's not doing? It's not removing it though. Now let's chat about something crucial, that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, 
right? We have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Peori's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Peori is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Peori.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Peori. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century-old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. So even if it's dead, like, and this is such a big thing, like mold doesn't have to be actively growing. It doesn't have to be, quote, alive for it to impact us. The fragments, the spores that are left over, all that stuff that's still in the house is still getting caught up in the dust, still getting popped up in our breathing zones and still impacts us. So even if this magic thing killed everything, which it doesn't, but even if it did, you take them at their word for it. If it's not removed, you're still being exposed. It's not mm -hmm. gonna do the trick. Mm -hmm. So when you say removed, that means like opening up a wall and going, here's the source of the water damage. Here's the damaged area. We need to remove that. Yeah. So, so there's kind of two parts of source removal of remediation. So on our end anyway, and this is kind of how we built this out. A lot of companies don't focus on the second piece 
actually, a lot of companies don't focus on one of them. Some companies will only focus on two, some will only focus on the first one. But the thing is, you have to think about it. I use this analogy all the time that molds like a factory. So if you ever drive by a factory, they're making whatever they're making inside, smoke comes out of the top of the factory. It's not the factory that's directly impacting our air quality and the air pollution, it's the smoke that's actually the air pollution, but the factory's creating it, right? So it is the true source of what's going on. And so the first thing you have to do before you try to clean your air is you gotta stop the factories from, from making more smoke, otherwise you're fighting this never ending battle, right? So in the house, the factories are where the mold is actually growing, behind a wall, in a cabinet, in a ceiling, like wherever it might be. And a lot of times it means removal. You have to remove drywall because it's porous and it grows into it, so you can't surface clean drywall. You can't surface clean cabinets because the roots of the colonies grow into it. So you actually do have to remove all that stuff. You'll expose like the framing and the studs and stuff behind the walls and then that stuff can be cleaned and it can, and it mm. can be worked out that way one of the bigger mistakes that i see a lot though is that remediators will remove let's say drywall out of a wall but then they don't do anything for the framing components and they just leave them the mold growth is still in those framing components mm. and then you put the wall back up and there's still mold behind the wall and again you spent all this money and there's still mold back there and it still mm. causes a problem so the removal part is about removing the the kind of like non-structural materials that have to go and then also um in some sort of abrasive cleaning method to be getting the growth out of the wood that was getting in there, sanding, wire brushing, some sort of way to get that stuff out of there. Mm -hmm. And that's the first piece of source removal. Then we go back to the analogy, you talk about the smoke that came out of the factory. So we shut the factory down, we bulldozed it, we fired everyone, it's no longer making smoke anymore. The smoke that came out to that point doesn't like magically suck back into the factory right, at that point. Right. It's not like, oh, the factory shut down. No, all the yeah. smoke's gonna come back. It's all out now. It's part of the it's part of the world. It's part of what we're breathing. Same thing in our house. So if you only remediated the wall where the problem was and did nothing about cleaning your house, you're gonna walk into your house, you're still gonna be exposed to everything because it's still there. The second part of source removal is getting all the little particles and things that are floating around the house out of the house. That's mm -hmm. the second part. It seems more complicated, but it's really not that difficult. It's just labor intensive, but, but the kind of key component is you got a bunch of stuff floating around. I can't just grab all of it because it's all over the place. You can't see it, right? So how do you get it? This is where a fogging component comes in. So the fogging is not the end all be all. The fogging is a tool in the pack of what you do in the process. The fogging connects to all the particles that attaches to them, makes them heavier, gravity brings them to the surface. Mm. Then you can wipe all the surfaces and now you've removed the floating particle. Makes sense. So it's removed at both levels. Wow. So two sources. And it just, the way you illustrate it is that a lot of these conventional mold companies are just doing it halfway or not, basically not doing both sources and or just not getting to the root of cleaning up the source, like the, the foundation where a lot of the mold is growing. Yeah. I mean, there's really only two reasons remediation doesn't work. You didn't find all the sources. So you go through and you think you cleaned everything, but there's still stuff you didn't get. That's the first thing. Or the second thing is they didn't actually remove it all properly. Mm -hmm. It's only two reasons. So the first reason is a really thorough inspection. So you got to make sure you're working with people that can go through like we do, like we talked about Mark did and kind of mm -hmm. saw these things. And the second piece is make sure that you're getting a remediation company that is that's going to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. So you've been at this for a while. How... Because, you know, in the literature, it's believed like 46 to 50% of homes have mold. Uh, I think that number may be a little different for you. Uh, in your experience, how do you see it? Yeah. So anecdotally, I would probably tell you walking in 
90% of homes probably have some sort of water damage that have gone on. So the number that floats around is like 40, 50% of homes have some sort of water damage. Like the EPA's put that out. I think yeah. maybe OSHA's maybe put that out, but I definitely know the EPA has that stat out. Think about like what water damage is and what gets reported as water damage. Typically like larger flood type things are kind of what gets reported mm -hmm. as water damage. But as we're talking through this, we realize that a leak under a sink is water damage. No one is reporting a leak under a sink to anyone that's tracking it, right? right. So to understand that you have to take that into account, every house I go into, there's always there's always something. Like 90% might even be low. There's always something that's going on. And then we have internal data where we went back recently over the last 200 source direct samples that we did. So if we think there's something hiding behind this wall, that's what's considered a source sample. Mm -hmm. No current moisture, no current water, literally just cracking or peeling or bubbling or some of these clues that we look for eight out of every 10 of those has mold behind it from wow. what we've seen so you now look you say okay basically every house that you go into is has some form of water damage somewhere and then we know that about eight out of every 10 of those areas is going to have a problem which then means that pretty much most houses have some sort of problem in them is it a problem for everyone not necessarily, you know, if, if you're, if you're able to detox and you're, you don't have a super heavy load of other toxins that are filling up your immune system and all that stuff, then maybe it's not impacting you, but there's such a large percentage of the population that is impacted by that. Mm -hmm. And a big chunk of that set that doesn't even know that that's what's impacting them. Right. And it's, it's tough. That's, that's the whole, that's what I bring to the surface about mold is that a lot of us go to the doctor and they can't find what's going on with us because we have these just like multi-systemic weird symptoms that that don't make sense in the literature. No one thinks about let's check you for mold yeah. or let's even check you for what's your home where you spend the most time or work. And and when I, this is why so I tell people if nothing you can't find anything, check for mold, yeah. right? Because the way mold presents is multi-systemic. You know, and you don't have to always have cognitive symptoms. A lot of people do, like me and you, but, you know, it's it's pretty wild to think that. And then, as you said, chronic diseases, all of a sudden, the how affected we are goes up and up and up and up, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's so fascinating to me because yeah. it's huge. And like you said, 90% of homes, more or less. Have something going on in yeah. terms of water damage. And, you know, you're right. And I, I did this presentation last year the IEQA, which is our industry's biggest annual event. Um, so so we came in and, and I did a presentation for remediation for hypersensitive people. Because in general, our industry just doesn't get it in mm -hmm. general. There's like a handful of people. And honestly, I'm related to most of them right. um, <laughs> that, that understand how to go through and do it. Um, and so I was trying to like figure out exactly what you were saying. Like, like this number of people that are impacted, it's... It's pretty like mind blowing once you actually see it in a way that makes mm -hmm. sense. I was like, all right, how can I make these guys understand that it's not like the one crazy client that they have that they think is a right. pain in the ass, but it's there's a lot of people that are impacted by this. So I went and I just pulled like four of the kind of larger health conditions that I have seen just in my own clients that have a mold related component to it, right? One was Lyme disease, one is general autoimmune disorders. Uh, one was pans and pandas, which is pediatric uh, neurological issues. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other was was SIRS, which is chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So yeah. I just took those four. I went up and looked at the numbers. I literally just went and found how many people are diagnosed with this stuff. It's probably even underreported, honestly. And I look 
And that's over 40% of the U.S. population in its entirety have one of those four things going on. It was like 130 million people yeah. or something. Yeah. And so you think about that, and that's not even everything. That's just a few of them. Most people, I bet you, if you look, you're over 50% of people, once you add all the other things that could be contributors, mm -hmm. that are impacted by this stuff. And most of them just have no idea. Yeah. And many of the root causes could be just the home environment, the mold mm -hmm. exposure. It's pretty wild to hear. And I love that you're doing what you're doing, getting into homes, educating with your show. What's the name of your podcast? Uh, mold Finders Radio. Mold Finders. So listen, you don't have to have mold. It's fascinating as it is. But if you do suspect mold, this is a place to be. You you give out all the information, what to look for um, in the home, like sources, like this is all important things that we need to be educated with. I mean, I talk about empowerment over your health, like working out and eating, but like, what about empowerment over your home? You know? It's so connected. And it's funny because a lot of the stuff that you talk about, I've been telling you, like, I listen to your stuff. I love your show. And people who are dealing with mold issues, and even, even if it's not mold issues, even if you're dealing with some of these other chronic health issues, the stuff you do to support your body and the healing process and like what's getting, what's getting kind of turned off and like diminished because you're exposed to stuff like this. So dealing with your mitochondria health mm -hmm. and like all these things, it's so important to that. It's not just one or the other, right? It really needs to be like a holistic connection between yeah. the two, like everything that you're helping people with and understand like how your body works. Also the stuff you're putting into your body, all the review stuff that you do is like super informative, right? right. Cause I feel like people, People don't have time to do that. They don't even know what to look for when yeah. they are doing that, right? Yeah. So to have a resource for that's amazing. You tie that stuff on how to kind of create a foundation in your body that can help you heal and then understand how to get an environment that's not going to overload that. That's like the combination that helps. The resiliency, having that resiliency. Mm -hmm. So um, how do people find you? Do, do you have a website? I know your Instagram, but let's talk about that too, just yeah. so people can get to you if they need you. Yeah. So my company is called We Inspect. Our website is yesweinspect.com. And um, I, for the last six months, have been doing this webinar every week where I was, was basically how to find the hidden mold in your house was this webinar I was doing. I was doing it live. It just became too much for me to do live over and over and over again. So we recorded one um, and we automated it. It's like on demand now. So if you go to moldfindersmethod.com, it's literally a free webinar of how you can go through and find mold in your home. And then there's actually like a training program we created that you literally could just follow the steps. You go into a room, you look where I tell you to look, right. you look for what I tell you to look for. And if it looks like that, it's a problem. So there's a program that's available as part of that, that people can enroll in if they're concerned about their own home too. Cool. And does the program have a name? Or? It's called Moldfinders Method. Moldfinders Method. Okay. So people yeah. can, anyone viewing, listening, if you have any, if you suspect, because you, you, do you treat the whole country or are you just in this area? No, we are nationwide. Nationwide. Okay. Yeah. So that now, now people have access to somebody if they find something through that's the right. mold, through the method. Um, amazing stuff. You built an awesome company. I'm such a fan of what you do. Uh, awesome life purpose dude and I thank you for coming it. it's a it's a pleasure to have you here i love conversations about environmental medicine environmental toxins especially mold awesome thank you so much man it's like i said it's been it's been on my bucket list to be on this well, to, to be here. a guest so i'm super excited and, thank and, you and you dropped the gems i appreciate it man appreciate it man All right, an amazing, amazing show. Uh, I mean, Brian is the man when it comes to mold. He knows everything inside out, what to look for. I would urge you all to follow him. And if you do worry about mold in the home, 
and it's a likely chance that there is some water damage in the home percentage wise, then I would urge you to just follow his page. Look to, look to what he's doing and what to look for so you can assure that for yourself. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, support the show. I can't wait to do this next week. Love you all.